Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from 1 Kings. We have two, two different uh, sections of scripture. Today's sermon text is from 1 Kings 3, 5 through 14 and James 3.17. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to 1 Kings in your Bible. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among your people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. In James 3.17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Um, So what we're talking about today is the difference between the wisdom of the world and God's wisdom. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom like we talked about with the kids. Um, But we're talking about worldly wisdom wisdom versus godly wisdom. Um, I've always wanted a college education. I always thought it would be awesome to have that piece of paper to say, I am educated. And, uh, and if you get so far as to have a PhD, you get to have one of those little funny hats. Um, my son graduated last year uh, with, a, he didn't have a PhD, but he graduated from medical school. And so he got to wear one of those little funny hats, and I have a picture of him. And I look at him, and I don't see him any different. I don't respect him anymore. He's still my boy. Uh, but I, somehow I just think, oh, if I just had this great college education I would be so wise and so respected and this would give me some affirmation don't we all want to be wise wouldn't it be great to be wise in this world what would you gain if you were wise you would be you would be able to have a great job most likely wise people get good jobs you'd probably be able to have great financial security because with your great job you would use your wisdom to invest wisely and you could provide for your family and you would make good choices for your children. That's what you want, dads and moms, right? Our wisdom, you saw those kids were like, mom and dad, they're wise. 
Yes, that's what we want, absolutely. So wisdom is very important, and we want it for all the right reasons, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> We're going to talk about Solomon today. King Solomon, as we just read about, uh, he had one wish uh, that God granted to him. Now, God is not your fairy godfather, and he doesn't grant all your wishes whenever we ask. But he knew God had already appointed Solomon king, and he knew, God knew, that Solomon would need this wisdom. I think he thought that Solomon was wise for asking for wisdom. I mean, because a king needs that, right? And so um, Solomon had asked for this wisdom, and God granted it to him. And not only that, but wealth and honor, as we also read about. Uh, you see a picture uh, that's, that is the Queen of Sheba, supposedly, coming to see uh, King Solomon, which is also a, a story in the Book of Kings. Now, she was very wealthy. We don't know exactly where Sheba is, but we think maybe Ethiopia is where she came from, and she had heard of his great wisdom, and she came with literally a caravan of gold and riches and treasures. And when she came, she kind of tested him. and was like, oh, yeah, he's really smart. He's wise. And she was impressed. And so she left him with all these riches. Well, Solomon was very wise, but not... Let me back up. His dad was King David. We talked about King David last week and how great he was. He, he was a man who loved the Lord so much. And yes, he had a big screw-up. He, he had sinned with Bathsheba, but he was really sorry. And he asked forgiveness, and he got back up, and he's like, okay, God, I want to be your man again. And he was. For the rest of his life, he followed the Lord. And um, <clears throat> he was even called a man after God's own heart. There's nobody else in the Bible that gets that title. That's a pretty cool thing. David was awesome. His son Solomon had all of the potential to be awesome. And he was, actually. He did a lot of great things. Um, so one of the things that he did, and probably the most impressive thing that he did, was to build the temple of the Lord. Now, David wanted to do that. King David wanted to do that, and God said no, because uh, he saw future. He saw that Solomon would have all these riches and, you know, would be able to possibly have more know-how to build an amazing temple. All right, so just a little history lesson, a little Bible lesson about the temple, and um, I just thought that was kind of cool, give, a, give you a chance to see that. Um, he built himself a palace, a beautiful palace, supposedly. We don't know because none of that is standing. The Romans destroyed it all. Well, no, that would have been Nebuchadnezzar uh, destroyed it. And then anything that was left was later destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. But you see, Solomon, he did all this great stuff. He, he had other palaces built. He uh, wrote the book of Proverbs. He was so intelligent. He did so many good things. But as we're going to learn, he also had a catastrophic failure in his life. Um, he went from the godly knowledge that we find in Proverbs, all that good knowledge that, that he gave to Solomon, he traded it off for what I call wisdom of the world. He quit listening to God, and he started listening to other people. 
and you know, and, and all of that, I think that wealth and all of that, I'm so wise, status, uh, it's, it got to his head. And he started doing some, some things that made God very angry. So I just wanted to say that we too have, we have this choice in life. We can listen to godly wisdom and do what God says, or we can really focus more on, you know, what do my friends think of me? Well, um, you know, what, what can I accomplish in my life? I, if I build this kingdom for myself, um, I'll, I'll be rich, or I'll be admired, or I'll be beautiful. I don't know, whatever it is your heart desires. But that's what the world says you should get, and do, and be. And God says, no, I want you to be my child. So it's a choice. But anyway, I want to go ahead and talk about Solomon a little bit more. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, we'll start out with the good stuff. He wrote Proverbs. We have a, we have a class, uh, a Sunday school class, sort of Bible class, before we come here at 9 o'clock. And we talk, we've been talking about, um, oh, Taming the Tongue. Is that the name of it, Tammy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that one has been very much convicting me because I am a big talker. And many, many, many of the things that we are learning come from Proverbs because there is so much wisdom there. Uh, there's a couple verses here that just kind of talk about wisdom. Uh, the first one, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Also, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it can be or it can end in the way of death. <clears throat> when pride comes, that's pride goeth before a fall, right? That's a famous scripture. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. I was going to make you all listen to uh, Tim McGraw's song that always be humble and kind. I love that song, but I know you guys may not all love it. So, <laughs> uh, But to be humble is a good thing. Um, then these are some of my favorite proverbs. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Boy, that is one you need to learn as a married person, moms and dads. It's tough. It's a hard one, but I mean, that, is, that's, that proverb spoke to me several times in my married life, I think. <laughs> uh, another one is, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Uh, the next one is, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I have a good friend who says that's her life verse. I mean, that, that verse means so much to her. She, is, she turns to it again and again for, for help in tough times. <clears throat> um, he who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. So those are all written by... Solomon. Solomon, the man who had everything you could ever imagine to want in this world. He had beautiful palaces. He had the huge military. He enlarged the, the, all of Israel. The, uh, and one of the ways that he did that, actually, <clears throat> was to marry princesses. Not just one princess, but lots of princesses. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of had a thing for those pretty princesses. And he, uh, he, he married in order to make an alliance with another country. And in doing so, he strengthened the stability and the power of his nation of Israel. So it was 
wise in a sense, but there was a problem with some of those princesses. Well, in fact, probably all of them. They didn't worship God. They didn't worship God. They worshiped pagan idols. Some of them pretty awful. Some of them actually required child sacrifice. <clears throat> so, in 1 Kings, chapter 11, 1 through 10, uh, Samuel, who's writing, I think, um, quits talking about all the good stuff that Solomon does, and then he tells you about the downfall of Solomon. <clears throat> and I'm just going to paraphrase, so I don't have to read the whole thing. Here it is. He had 700 wives and several hundred concubines, and he loved them so much that he built altars for their pagan gods. And you see... <sighs> Oh, I, 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 thank you, Becky. She stuck that up there because he had so many things. You know, he got really caught up in the things of the world. He had beautiful wives. He had the most gorgeous chariot, the most expensive chariot. And he might have had a bumper sticker that said, whoever, you know, he who has the most toys when he dies wins. I, I see that and I cringe. Isn't that awful? <laughs> Why would anybody put that on their bumper? But he was, he had everything. You see... <clears throat> well, let me get, make sure I got my right spot here. Yes, he traded the wisdom of God for the wisdom of the world. And that means that he became the king of his own kingdom instead of God. And he wanted, I mean, he had everything. He had everything. But what he did eventually was he tolerated paganism with his wives and with the people of Israel. Well, and then, and then he joined them. Then he joined them in pagan idol worship, and he justified it. Oh, my wife made me do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not a good excuse, Solomon. Um, and in my, in my Bible, in my life application Bible, it says that we tend to do that. We tend to compromise our values when someone that we love dearly is, you know, pulling us in the wrong direction. That's why uh, it's really important to, to have a, if you're going to get married, marry someone who loves the Lord. Okay, so in the end of Solomon's life, or towards the end, and he's an old man, and he writes the book of Ecclesiastes. Proverbs and, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are considered books of wisdom. Okay, we talked about wisdom. So he writes more Proverbs in Ecclesiastes. And he talks about, oh, the meaninglessness of vanity. Because obviously he's had everything in the world to be vain about. And he was vain. And he had a huge downfall when he started worshiping those idols. He angered God. He broke a promise to God. And with him, he took down the whole nation of Israel. God promised him if he would honor the Lord, then, you know, God would be good to the nation of Israel. But it, did, it didn't work out that way. He not only hurt himself, but he hurt the whole nation. Isn't that how it goes when we sin? It's not just you that you hurt. Everybody else gets caught in that in that web. 
So in the, towards the end of his life, Solomon has this, he writes this, the very last scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will include every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Remember last week, Pastor Jason was talking about you know, how God sees the hidden things in the heart and how he saw King David's heart. He sees the hidden things in the heart. You see, Solomon was the envy of the world. He had everything. Everybody thought he had it made. You know, I know people like that. You know, you think, oh, wow, I wish I had their life. But hidden in his heart was the fact that he knew he had sinned against God. And he didn't repent. He kept living out that sin with his, you know, building all these palaces for his pagan wives and then joining them in their idol worship. But at the very end, I think maybe it caught up with him because he was miserable. That hidden thing in his heart was that he had sinned and he rationalized his sin. Ooh, I've never done that, have you? I, I, my husband made me do it. <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was what was hidden in his heart that he, he rationalized that sin, and he had consequences. The whole nation of Israel had the consequences from that sin. From this, who is the wisest man who had probably ever lived, to turn away from God makes no sense. It just doesn't. I, I struggled with that. And I hope that in the end, when he wrote that verse, he realized his sin and turned to God before it was too late. But for you and I, <clears throat> we can have godly wisdom. We may not be... Uh, granted that intelligence, perhaps, that Solomon had, but God can give you wisdom. But I want to tell you, it doesn't come from going to college. Sorry, Jason, that PhD might not get it for you, but I know that you know where it comes from. It comes from God. And, and if you want to think about it, who was the wisest man who ever lived? It wasn't Solomon. It was Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was fully God, but he was also fully human. If you want to read the New Testament, you can read all that wisdom that he imparted to us. And I just, have a, I just want to have a little thought about the New Testament. You may have read it before, and you probably thought, I'm good. That's good enough. No, sorry, it's not. Because it is the living word. It is the word that every time you open that Bible and you read what it says, God will impart knowledge to you. Now, notice I said knowledge. He puts it here. You read it. It's from God. You know with your brain what you're supposed to do because he just told me. Wisdom comes through application. Application is the, what did Micah say? Practice, practice, practice. You got to do it. You've got to do what God tells you to do, and you keep doing it. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I asked Jason to give me some pointers, and he gave me this amazing scripture that I want to read to you. I don't have a, a bullet or a uh, PowerPoint for it, but if you have your Bibles or if it's on your phone, you're allowed to use your phone for this because some of us have Bible apps. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not even know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. You see, Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. That's a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And I saw this also, my application Bible, I love it, love it. It uh, gives me little pointers on that scripture. It said, the good news of Jesus still sounds foolish to many. Our society worships power, influence, and wealth. Jesus came as a humble, poor servant, and he offers his kingdom to those who have faith, not to those who do all kinds of good deeds to try and earn gifts, <clears throat> earn his gifts. This looks foolish to the world, but Christ is our power, the only way we can be saved. Knowing Christ personally is the greatest wisdom anyone could have. Let me repeat. Knowing Christ personally is the greatest wisdom that anyone could have. So, um, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul was one of the most educated men in his time. Unlike Solomon, he didn't start out with godly wisdom. He started out with worldly wisdom. He was so educated. He had all the best teachers that Rome could afford. <clears throat> and he was out there killing Christians because, by golly, they were wrong. They were wrong, and I'm right. Well, didn't Jesus set him straight on the road to Damascus? <laughs> Wham! Down he went, blinded and unable to do for himself. And he spent time with the Lord, time with Jesus, becoming an apostle, learning what true, true wisdom is, godly wisdom, and that was all about Jesus Christ. So that's kind of cool. It was kind of like, oh, that's a, you know opposites, whatever. Uh, but also I have this other scripture that's from Jesus' brother James. It talks about wisdom also that comes from heaven. Wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. There's a lot of stuff in there. I'm not going to unpack the whole thing. I'm just going to take the one thing. It's all good, all good stuff. It includes godly wisdom, but it sounds a lot to me like, oh, what's that scripture in Galatians uh, about the f good fruit? I think it's next, Becky. It's in Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the Holy Spirit can help us with this, these things. So I, you know, I know that Solomon had, because he was anointed as king, had some of the Holy Spirit, but we have the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the helper. And Jesus said that, that he would go back to heaven so that he could send the Holy Spirit. That was, I think that's the next scripture I had 
Yes, thank you, Becky. I tell you the truth. It will be to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For I do not go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So we need help to apply our godly wisdom. See, the, the part that we know in our head to do is different than what we actually do. You know, Paul says that, oh, help me, Lord. To, you know, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it. And what I know, I, you know, however it goes. <laughs> um, we need help, and the helper is the Holy Spirit. And it's promised to us. If we believe in Christ, then it is promised to us that we get to have the Holy Spirit to help us every day. Does that give us godly wisdom? Yes, it does. Because when the Holy Spirit helps us to do what we're supposed to do, and we do it in the doing, in the application, we get to be wise. Probably wiser than Solomon. See, you can go away with something pretty special today, that you can be wiser than Solomon. Because if you can do what God tells you to do, then <clears throat> you will become wise. Because, for instance, when Jesus tells you to love your neighbor as yourself and you really can't stand your neighbor because their dog comes into your yard every day and does its business and you're like, I you. and you, you've talked to her about it and she's telling him, you know, you know. And so you've got to love this person. It requires the Holy Spirit to help you to have a kind conversation, you know, and not blow your spout and just yell. Um, being full of mercy, you know, that's another thing we need to do. Jesus tells us to forgive. That's a hard thing to do. Can't do it on my own strength. I'll tell you that from experience. That God wants me to do it. I tried it. Didn't work. I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. And the Holy Spirit helped me. It wasn't overnight, but it was a process until I let it go. And boy, that's healing. That is so healing to be able to forgive someone who has hurt you deeply. Okay. So um, there was one other thing, that other scripture up there. I thought it was so cool. I was reading in Acts, and you know we talked about Pentecost, and the big wind came in. It was the Holy Spirit. And there were tongues of fire over people. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Gave them the boldness to go out and preach. And they spoke in different languages. Really fantastical. Right? What an amazing experience. And then I saw this. I was reading in Acts. I was like, this is a couple weeks later. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And spoke the word of God boldly. And I was like, again? It happened again? <laughs> and I thought, oh, this isn't a one and done. This is, like, you don't get the spirit and then you're done. You can keep asking for fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. God will do that for you. Because every day is a new day, right? And every day we need help. So you can pray that prayer every day. Lord, give me more of your spirit so that I can hold my tongue <laughs> so that I can love my neighbor so that I can be wise with godly wisdom even if the world thinks that I'm foolish okay I gotta wrap it up Tim's got a golf tournament to go to or no maybe he's not gonna do that today but he he, uh, he told me he was gonna tell me to wrap it up <laughs> it's time uh, I just have this poem that I it came across when I was a a young woman still seeking 
And it's kind of old language. It's really old-fashioned language. It's an old poem. But it's about having God in, in you. I'll read it. If thou couldst empty all thyself of self, like to a shell dishabited, then might he find thee on the ocean shelf and say, This is not dead, and fill thee with himself instead. But thou art replete with very thou, and hast such shrewd activity, that when he comes he says, This is in now unto itself. For better let it be. It is so small and full. There is no room for me. Is there room in your heart for God, for Jesus? Are you so full of all that shrewd activity or all that stuff in life that we just chase after it? I say, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got all these meetings I have to do and I've got to tell, deal with the kids. And, and it's just like you go, 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 go. And, you know, and I, you know, what is it your heart is really searching for? What is it we really want? Do we want to have that great job? Do we, do we want to, you know, further our education? That's a great thing. But, you know, what is it your heart really longs for? And if you really dig down deep and you look, and you, you would say, what I really want is to love and be loved. Love is the most important thing. God, Jesus says it all the time. Love the, love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it's not the kind of love that you get, you know, makes your heart go pitter-patter. It's the kind of love that comes from the heart of God. That's the most important thing. That's where wisdom comes from, the heart of God. And I pray for you guys that, uh, that you would all find the godly wisdom, you know, for your dads to be able to raise your children in a godly home. And uh, I just want to leave you with this. Three things. Three things for you to be super wise, wiser than Solomon. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Let Jesus be the king of your kingdom, not you. Let him be the one in charge in your household. He's the one, not you. It's all for him, not for your kingdom and your empire. And number three, the Holy Spirit is here to help you. Ask for that help every day. Let the Holy Spirit be in your life, with you, wherever you go. Pray every morning. I need help, Lord. I need help. And you will become so wise. I promise you, you will be so wise. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for all these great, dads that are here and everybody else that came this morning i thank you so much for their listening years and i pray that your words has spoken to them about wisdom about how important it is to listen to you so that we don't have this catastrophic failure like like solomon did that brought down a lot of other people with him uh, we don't want to cause pain lord we want to lift you up and uh, all those things that James said about mercy and peace and forgiveness and love, all those good things that come with godly wisdom, that's what we want. That's what we want. We want to follow you. Lord God, I ask for blessings on all of this family of mine in this church. I ask that you would be with those who are dealing with sickness, um, cancer, loss of loved ones. They're hurting. Lord, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come and be their comforter. I ask for healing, Lord, where it's your will to just touch their bodies and let, let that sickness go away. I just ask that you would uh, go with us throughout the week, Lord. Help us to understand more about your godly wisdom. Help us to dig into your living word that we would know more about you, apply it to our lives, and become wiser. 
Oh God, we love you so much. We praise you and honor you, and we thank you for this time that you've given us together, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.